kick us off since you do it so well. Okay. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Welcome to Lift Every Voice and Sting. My name is Scott. I'm Shayna Madela. And welcome. We're two Black Scorpios who celebrate Blackness in all of its forms and sting all the bullshit. Today's intro was brought to you by the legendary sister Kim Weston, who after years of social and racial unrest performed that at the 1972 Woodstock concert, which is also known as the Black Woodstock. So whenever you're feeling discouraged, just know that greatness and resilience runs through our veins. So thank you, sister Kim, for that lovely and poignant reminder. Uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome, guys. I hope you're having a great week. Believe it or not, there are still four and a half months left in this year, which is... Insane. I don't, I don't know. Right. I'm like, it's good. It's bad. It's crazy. It's all of the above. Like, there's still time to turn this shit around. But at the same point, it's still so much time left in this crazy, crazy ass year. And, um... I hope you guys are happy and doing well. That's it, I guess. End of episode. Good night and see you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so what's new with you? Um, same old shit. You know, I'm just over here uh, scouring all of New York City for a new drug dealer. Um, looking up, you know, natural uh drugs have you ever done ayahuasca i really want to but i'm Me afraid too. but i want to Me i want to do that and i want to do shrooms but both Ugh. those two things i'm like i feel like i need to be like confined in a very very secure but free environment yeah i'm like literally searching through i'm, I'm really mad at myself that i don't have the network of people that like can get hardcore drugs whenever i want them you know yeah um like, I'm tired of the fact that I hang out with, like, quote-unquote, uh, good, responsible people. Like, ugh, no, <laughs> get me some fucking, <laughs> get me from some fucking shrooms. Like, that's what I want. But, yeah, that's, that's all I've been up to is, like, researching ayahuasca retreats and um, searching for marijuana dealers here in New York City without actually leaving my apartment. What have you been up to? <laughs> um, nothing much, you know, I work. Um, so that's happening. Uh, paychecks are coming in and yeah, that's kind of it. I've seen some family in the past few weeks. Like I went to, uh, like a senior citizens dinner with my mother. So that was at like three o'clock on a Sunday. Cause that's when seniors eat dinner. Um, I did that wow. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> It was our first time, like, kind of hanging out in a while because we used to go to dinner, like, every week, every two weeks before COVID. So, um, you know, restaurants are open and all of that kind of stuff. So we did that. We did, like, a socially distancing, like, late lunch, early dinner thing. And that was nice. And um, I saw some family recently. So it was good because I hadn't seen some family since, like, Christmas which has more to do with COVID, no, more to do with the dynamics of my family than COVID. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> yes, like I'm not going to blame that all on COVID because there's like a 75% chance that that still would have been true <laughs> if COVID hadn't happened because, you know, family is family. Gotta right. love them in quotes, big ass air quotes. Gotta love them. Um, right. Right, that's, right, right, right. yeah, that's kind of it. Like, nothing like major that's 
happened that I'm going to talk about on the podcast. So, okay. Yeah. And nothing major that's happened that I won't talk on the podcast because we're still waiting. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> um, so, okay. I do have a few things that I did want to talk to you about and like get some input from the listeners if they feel so inclined. Um, Let's talk. I cool. got opinions about everything. Fabulous. So, one thing's real quick, and then we can get into like the other things. So, you know, my ex has, I've been communicating with him mainly because I'm bored. And, you know, in the before time, I would never, you know, communicate with an ex. Well, we've just been texting. He has a man. He's confessing his love to me, all this other crazy shit. As you know, my name is Scott. And my nickname growing up was Scotty. And the spelling that I used was S-C-O-T-T-I-E. And he spelled it with a Y, but I just corrected him and told him the proper spelling of my name. And he said, Scotty with an IE is a dog. Scotty with a Y is your name. And I was so confused, but like, I was really pissed off by that. And I didn't know if it was like irrational for me to be like enraged by the fact that some dude was like, no, you spell your name wrong and called me a dog. (laughs) Okay, so, ha ha ha. As someone whose name has been mispronounced and misspelled in multiple times over my four decades on this earth, there's a lot in a name and it is no one's right to tell anyone how to spell or pronounce their name. Okay, so was this ex white? Yes. Okay, see, that's some white people shit. Because, (laughs) and for me, and I get this because I have had, okay, Shayna is, (laughs) I'm trying to stay calm. Um, I don't believe Shayna's that hard. Like, five letters and two syllables, it's Shayna. (laughs) And when I tell you, that the people that butcher my name the most are white people, especially white women. Mm. Like, it is 100% a microaggression. Like, I will have black people tell me like, oh my gosh, like, like you, you, like when you first introduced yourself to me, like, I couldn't remember your name. So I didn't like say it for a while until like you said it and then I like, kept reminding myself you like that was your name Shayna because I didn't want to mispronounce your name I heard that from black people any any person of color will say that shit to me right but white people I have literally had white people be like um Shauna and I'd be like it's Shayna Shanna it's Shayna Shauna it's Shayna and then they will have the nerve to be like oh I'm so sorry, Shauna, Shauna, (laughs) Shaniqua, all those names are hard for me. And I'm like, (sighs) but it's not though. Because if you can pronounce Weinstein and Hershkowitz and all of that other shit, you Mm -hmm. can pronounce Shayna. So to me, that was a racist ass 
microaggression and fuck that no and to and to attribute it to a dog like it's like when they want to attribute <laughs> Shayna to Shaniqua Shaquana Shanene and I'm like but motherfucker no because my name is 100% Jewish like and my name ain't even a black name and you're making it black just because there's an sh by it they right. don't say oh Shayna Sharon Sheila they don't say that shit they just automatically go to Shaniqua Shaquana Shaquana Shanae and I'm like see you're just being racist so that is problematic as fuck and I feel you should never speak to him again well I mean that's also what I feel um and that's kind of how I because I was just mad like after you've been corrected on that you just say okay and move the fuck on you don't try to correct me on the spelling of the name that i've had for the past almost 30 years it's just it's very strange to me that um someone would rebuttal and be like no but but that's not your name or how you yeah. address yourself that's so weird to me um so yeah that I'm so happy that, like, I'm not the only one that, like... No. Well, you are not the only one. And there's, like, a meme out there that's, like, little black girl with, like, the big black name correct them every single time or something. Like, I've seen that shit many times, and it's, like, it speaks to me because it's, like, I'm going to correct you every single time. Like, you do not have the right to mispronounce my name. And then even more than that, to then tell me that oh well Shayna should be spelled this way no it shouldn't it is spelled however the fuck my parents decided to spell it and then to also tell me oh well it should the way your name is spelled it should be pronounced Shauna yeah Actually, I can't no. spell that no like, it's Shayna right, right. Like, like you you don't have the, like and it's I'm reading this book right now and I'm not going to go off into a tangent, but I'm reading this book right now and it just talks about like so much stuff about America and the way like people relate to black people in this country and this world. And it's like one of the things like that, that white people feel they have jurisdiction over our bodies and, and everything about us, our bodies, our names, the way we dress, the way we like everything about us. Like you don't have jurisdiction over me. Like, like you right. don't, you have no right to this like you're unless you're a, the person that birthed me and the other person that's on my birth certificate yep. you you don't get to say those things to me at right. all and even at that point i'm like uh mother i'm grown like there's still <laughs> there's still a line and i'm like i'm gonna need you to chill the fuck out so, absolutely <laughs> yeah that shit is problematic as hell and it does some racist ass white people shit that i just I can't. Oh, it's so fucking exhausting. It drives me insane. Um, and the second thing I just wanted to talk to you was about your thoughts on the DNC and everything that's going on politically. Well, you can't see me, but I'm over here doing like the Black people happy dance because Kamala Harris was selected as Biden's VP. And of course, I'm super, super happy because Kamala went to Howard and I went to Howard. So, Anyway, I think it's great just because I think she's amazing. Like, I, I just, no one's perfect. 
I'm not going to pretend that she's perfect, but I think she's amazing. She's smart, obviously, because she should be, because she's a fucking senator. Um, you know, I can get into the bullshit as, you know, she's well-spoken, but obviously because she's a fucking senator, so she should be. Um, she's gone toe-to-toe with some of the major people out there in politics that have, you know, fucked up. And she read Biden in the Democratic, what are they, the debates? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, she read him. Um, read down. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She did. So I'm I'm happy. I'm very, very happy. Um I know the people out there aren't happy. And I just feel that, you know, we are, I don't know, seventy-five less than seventy-five days. I don't even know how many days left we are from the election and it's just time to shut the fuck up and vote. Yes. Um so I think that I, I was a huge fan of Elizabeth Warren also. Um, I was a fan of Elizabeth Warren like way, way back, like during like the Muslim ban where she was like doing her thing. And I was kind of like, yo, Elizabeth Warren is kind of like out here doing some shit. Like maybe she should like run for president. And then when like Kamala did her thing and I was like, actually, you know, Kamala's black and went to Howard. So I'm just gonna <laughs> just <laughs> default love her. So I... What are your thoughts? Because this this whole com- this whole situation is complicated and frustrating. Uh, yeah, I th- I think it's for me very complicated, and I have mixed feelings about it because at the end of the day, I do want need Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to be in the White House. Right. But I also feel like it's kind of irresponsible of us to not air our grievances with them. Um, but like, again, I think that the priority is getting them into the White House. I think a lot of the democratic language around voting them into office is deeply problematic. As if like, they can't, they've never done anything wrong and they're these perfect beings that have just existed and you should just vote for them um, if you're black or gay or marginalized. And it's like, I I don't know if I agree with that. I think that we need to definitely have these conversations. But again, I think these conversations should be had uh, behind closed doors and not on a Facebook post, post or a Twitter feed. <laughs> because like we, these conversations require more nuance than that we're able to have on most social media platforms, you know? So when we're in a conversation like this and we're, it's more long format, I think it's better to discuss things like this than having this long fucking post on Facebook where you're not really engaging in anything that is productive. You're just saying what you're, you need to say. So I don't know. I, I do have I do have serious problems with both of them and I have serious problems with mainly black communities response to like Obama and now the Biden campaign. So if we really truly believe that like black people are not a monolith, we need to be able to call black people out on their shit. So I think it's it's like kind of our responsibility to do that. But like in the same hand, how do you do that and still like say like, I'm voting for them um, and you should also vote for them. Uh, and the problems that I'm going to talk about are not problems that are just so egregious that they can't be fixed. But in order to know that they were fixed, we have to talk about them, you know? I don't know. If no, that makes sense. I definitely agree. I just, I, for me, it's, 
I grew up in a very like, and I grew up in an incredibly pro-black family. Like we're black as fuck. Um, we're, we all we're also voting as fuck. Like like that's just like where I grew up in. Like I grew up in like we vote in this house. And I remember turning eighteen just like a few days after an election, and I literally was like asking like my civics teacher my senior year like. So do you have to be like 18 to vote? Or like, if you turn 18, like five days after the election, can you vote? And she was like, you need to be 18. And I was like, oh man. Cause I was like ready. Like I was so ready to vote at 18. Right. And you know, my other friends in high school that turned 18 before the election, like I had one friend, she turned like 18, like two or three days before the election and she got to like vote. And I was like, I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> Um, because we just grew up with this thing of like, people fought and died for our right to vote. Like literally people fought and died. Like they right. fought and died. Like, can we not forget that people fought and died? Like, right. you know, members of my own family marched for us, marched for desegregation. So it's like, I just come from that family that's like, we were excluded for so much. And like so many people voted and when they voted, they were lynched or mm -hmm. their houses were bombed. And now I can, I literally walk past my voting place every morning that I decide to get my lazy ass out of bed and go for a walk and exercise. Like I can just, I just walk past it, you know? And when I vote, I walk in, you know, I drive up in my car and I park and I walk in and I vote and I walk out and I go home and I'm good. And there were people that had to fight for that shit and put their lives on the line for it. So I've just always had this thing that was like, you just, you have to vote. And one of my biggest issues right now that's happening, is like, you've had three and a half years to do something. Right. And now is not the time. Like now is the time to say, okay, I didn't do shit for three and a half years and I'm going to be accountable for the fact that I sat on my ass for three and a half years and now I'm not really happy with my options, but because I'm a shit ass person and I sat on my ass for three and a half years, I'm gonna suck it the fuck up and I'm gonna vote. Like now is not, nothing you're gonna say right now to me is going to really make positive change. Like we just got to suck it up and vote for the person that makes positive change. And if you feel that the electoral college is bullshit, then I need for you to get behind a candidate that wants to dismantle the electoral college. I right. support that shit 100% because I'm not a fan of the electoral college. Like I don't really fuck with it. But what I do know is right now I need to operate within the systems that we have. Because either you operate within the systems that we have or we overthrow the systems that we have. And posting shit on Facebook and Twitter does neither. Like if you, like it, it, that's not gonna overthrow shit. Right. So, you know, that that's my biggest issue right now for all of these people out there that wanna be so fucking vocal. Like me, I can say, I made calls for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I did that shit. Like, I did that shit. Like, I was out there 
what the fuck did you do for whoever the fuck you wanted to win? Like, did you do anything? I've yeah. given money to the DNC. Yeah. You know, I've given money now. Like, there's a whole thing with, you know, Howard graduates that we got to go out there and we need to give 1867 for, you know, every month or every week until the election because that's the year that Howard was founded. I'm doing that shit. Like, right. And even the AKAs, like, they were founded in, I really hope I'm getting this right, but I think it's 1908. You know, so they're giving $19.08 every month or every weekend into the elect or every week into the election. Like, do something. Like, I live in fucking Delaware, so I'm 100% sure that Delaware is going to go towards Biden. So am I going to make calls for Biden? I'm not. Um, <laughs> Delaware has like three electoral votes. So I'm like, man, I think that shit's in the bag. Um, <laughs> but I am getting money, money to the overall campaign. So I just feel like if you want, if you don't if, dismantle this, if you want to dismantle this shit, dismantle this shit. But you're not going to dismantle it through Facebook and through Twitter if you have three followers or if you have a bunch of followers that are disagreeing or also aren't doing shit. Like, you know, a group of 10 organized people are going to make waves versus a thousand disorganized people. And I feel like my timeline is full of a thousand, well, not a thousand, because I ain't got a thousand friends. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's say 300 disorganized people out there that's just blah, 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 blah. And I have some real true ass people, you know, 30 maybe organized people that are like, this is what I've done and this is what I'm doing and this is what I support and this is how I'm supporting them. And it's like, they're going to make waves and those are the people that are out there going for the DNC hard. And it's like, I, I just, it's too late for all this extra shit. It's just too fucking late. You had three and a half years. I need you to sit the fuck down and vote or shut the fuck up and not vote but either way like just like i'm not trying to change your vote either and i think that's the big thing is so many people that's like the kamala haters or the, you know and the biden haters it's like you shut up and not vote right and then please. like <laughs> right you can shut up and not vote and you're fine but there's a lot of like people that are swayed by the wind that are out there. And I had a huge argument with my brother about this before the 2016 election, where he was like that, you know, he he didn't like Hillary and he believed she was lesser to evils, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I, I read his ass and he was like, well, I'm gonna vote for her anyway. I was like, but you don't know who you're talking to that could be easily swayed to not vote for her. Like there could be somebody out there that for whatever reason feels you're a fucking expert. Don't know why, but they do. And um, all the shade in the world, all the shade with that statement. And it's like, they're listening to you and they're like, oh, well this person doesn't love Hillary. So I'm not gonna vote for them. And that's all they're gonna hear. They're not gonna hear your last statement. That's like, well, I'm gonna vote for them. It's like. Again, and I said this on social media, it's like, that's like saying a thousand things about what you hate about your fiance, but then you're like, but I'm still gonna marry them. Just shut the fuck up and marry them. Like, so just <laughs> shut the fuck up and vote. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, we all know no one's perfect. Your fiance not perfect. Your job isn't perfect. Your wife ain't perfect. Your kids ain't perfect. Your, 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 your mother and father aren't perfect. No one's perfect. But at some point, we just shut the fuck up and decide to love them and not air their dirty laundry. And right. can we just have the same opinion about politics? Like, no candidate is perfect, but just shut the fuck up and enthusiastically 
support whatever candidate you're going to vote for. See, I can't enthusiastically support them, but I definitely <laughs> do support um, voting. Like, I'm not going to be, I'm not super jazzed to, to vote for Biden, but I'm going to vote for Biden because I'm super jazzed about getting Donald Trump out of the White House. So, you know, you and I are having this conversation. I'm not posting anything disparaging towards them on Facebook or Twitter because like, I don't think that's appropriate. Like, I think we need to have conversations about it that are, you know, deeper than just like, a, Joe Biden doesn't like the gays. Like that's, that doesn't work for anything or anyone. So like, we have to like do better in the way that we talk about these people that we need to be in charge next. <laughs> No, I agree. And it's like, and, and you know, for me, it's like, and I never thought I'd like agree with anything that the devil himself, Ronald Reagan said. But one of the things is that thou shalt not speak negative about another Republican. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but I just wish Democrats could adopt that. Like, can we not speak negatively about another Democrat? Can we just enthusiastically say this? Just this is the person that I'm voting for. This is where we are. Like November is around the corner. The freaking weather has already changed. The acorns are falling from the trees. The squirrels are collecting these acorns. Like it is fall. November, which is Scorpio season, will be here before we all know it. And it's like, what what's the point of bashing these candidates now? Like, and where were you on Super Tuesday? Because that's when so you know that's the biggest day of the primary season. And mm-hmm. did you go out and vote on, on Super Tuesday, or did you give money to your candidate? Because I'm seeing all these Bernie people out there, and I'm seeing you know that's really all it's Bernie. Because I'm like, if anything, it's like I can see if people were like. Like, oh, Elizabeth Warren, because she was the person, and I was kind of like, I kind of like Elizabeth Warren, but like, I, yeah, like I, all these Bernie people, and it's like, well, where were you? Did yeah. you vote for Bernie during the primaries? Or did you sit your ass the fuck at home? And even more important, it's like, you know, yes, the president is important. Yes, 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 yes. There are definitely many things that the president impacts, but our daily lives are impacted by our state and our local appointees our state and our, lo- our state and our local officials like do you even vote for that even if you want to go into this election in november and be like you know what i'm not going to vote for president are you going to vote for your attorney general your judges your state senators your you know your senators your your like are you going to vote for those people you know your fucking controller like are you going to vote for them like it's you know they talk about the electoral college electoral college is only the fucking president like right. every you know what i mean there's so many elections that happen in between the general election that is still impacts our daily lives and you're sitting out of that and to me it's like when they're like, well, they don't care about this and this and this and this and this. My thing is if I'm gonna run for office, even as a black woman, if I'm running for office as a black woman and I know where I live, cause you can get statistics on all that shit. If I look and be like, you know what? Black women don't even vote. Am I gonna even give a fuck what they care about? As a human being, yes, I should. But as a politician, would I like would this, is that even the smart decision to make to sit here and, and go out and knock door to door 
on on to on doors of people that that typically don't even vote anyway and that if i knock on their door the first thing they're going to say regardless of how i look is that well y'all don't give a fuck about us anyway so why should i vote for you i'm going to go knock on the doors of the people that actually vote that don't care who's running that don't care how the person they look runs they're still going to vote that's who i'm going to go out there and i'm going to spend my time trying to get my point across to so it's like we're we're talking about how we're excluded from the voting process but we're excluding ourselves from the voting process like yeah it's so weird to me that that's not the whole the focal point of the conversation and it, it's it's so strange to me that the conversation is more about donald trump's failures than it is about like getting people to vote we have less than 50 percent of eligible voters voting so like we need to like get people to fucking vote before we even talk about anything else. And honestly, right. we're all talking about like mail-in votes in November, but like if people could stay their ass home for two fucking weeks, we wouldn't need to be doing all of this and be worried about killing your grandparents when you go to the voting booth. So like, uh, again, wear your fucking mask and vote. I agree. I agree. It, it, it's like, I just feel like we're not focused on the solution. Like, we're just so focused on the problems. Like, we want to focus on, like, how politicians don't listen to us. But that's the problem. The solution is go out there and vote so they will listen to us. Yes. Like, it's so simple to me why would i focus on you if you're not going to vote for me i'm not going to sit here and patrol the black community and ask you all to vote for me when first of all y'all ain't registered first let's talk about that you ain't even registered so i gotta first get you to register and then i then and then i have to get you to vote for me no fuck that i'm gonna go over to these white neighborhoods i'm gonna go over to these middle class neighborhoods and, and these these wealthy neighborhoods that I'm gonna canvass them and I'm gonna get them to vote for me because they I at least know they're gonna vote. And at this point, if voting period, whether you mm -hmm. vote for me or not, is what's important. And it's like, we, we it's just, it's, it's just all so, huh. I just don't even understand like the mentality of this whole voting process. Like, I don't know where we went from literally dying to vote to like, I'd rather die than vote. Like what <laughs> happened? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're literally like, I'd rather be subjected to all the things that caused me to die early, which is, you know, you know, violence and lack of health care and this and blah, 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 blah. I'd rather have all that shit piled on top of me than to just vote. It's like, so weird. Like it's, like it's it's crazy to me. Like weird. voting does it's not gonna hurt you to vote. I promise you, is you will not die if you vote. No one is going to bomb to freaking throw a a fucking Mazeltov cocktail through your house if you vote, which is literally what was happening when my mother was a child. Like that literally fucking like like this is some real shit there were people that literally were like if you vote we're gonna lynch you and they still fucking voted and they got lynched and their family was like well at least he died for a cause so right, i right. mean you know like like and you standing up for what what exactly are you standing up for now did All you right. call it a mazel tov cocktail 
I know I said it wrong. <laughs> I always say it wrong. I'm like, Mazel, Mazel, Mazel. How exactly do I say it? It's a Molotov cocktail. Molotov. See, I still can't say it. I can't. That's, I that remember, is, wait, um, Molotov? Like, wait, Mazel. that's like a celebration. Wait, say it again. It's one of those words I can't say for some reason. It's Malo, Molotov. Molotov. <laughs> oh my god this is the shanamela here <laughs> mean extra jewish <laughs> Mazel, all that good oh my goodness what but else yeah. is on your list to chit chat about today that's really all that's going on i'm um i, I don't really I don't leave the apartments. I, I don't, I left my apartment for the first time in nine days yesterday and cried at fresh air. So, Ooh, it I mean- It smacks you in the face. It smacks you in the face hard. I, it, was, <laughs> it was so lovely. It was like a nice caress from the world. Um, but I don't go outside because again, I live in New York and I feel like going outside is irresponsible um, in a pandemic because New York is out here like nothing's changed. So I refuse to be out here gallivanting around the city. So I'd rather just stay in my apartment and be safe here. Okay, so then we need to talk about the um, latest pop culture phenomenon, which is WAP, wet ass pussy. See, I don't understand why this is so ridiculous. I, I don't, I don't get it. Well, okay, so first, share your opinion. Are you thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs to the side? Like, do we, well, how do we feel about WAP? I mean, if I'm honest, I grew up listening to Trina and Lil' Kim, so, like, this is light work for me. Like, it's a good song because this is the type of music I like, but there's nothing special about it. Like, I... I don't find it to be that like that crazy or that scandalous, but like, but I just mean, like in general of like a song that you would listen to like outside of the controversy that has developed. What do yeah. you feel about the song? Do you enjoy it? Do you like? Have you? How many times have you listened to it? Is it? You I mean, know, I, I enjoy the song, but I don't. It's not a song that I would seek out only because if I'm trying to seek out those that type of music, I'll listen to the originals. I'll listen to Trina. Like, I'll just listen to Little Kim if I need that type of energy, you know? So it's a good song and it's on my playlist for, for when I'm in the mood for that kind of music, but it's not the first song that I'm going to listen to when I'm looking for, like, bad bitch music, you know? But I'm also, <laughs> I'm also like, not, I don't, I don't, hold a wet ass pussy so like how do you feel about it as a, a lady out here you know oh, well i love that song i absolutely love it i i mean you know i already love megan the stallion i think she's just amazing um i'm not a huge fan of cardi b but i do feel that her verses on this song are quite entertaining quite entertaining i mean she's dropping some gems i'm i'm just gonna say it i'm like can we uh i i i, I love this song um 
And and the controversy makes me love it even more than I probably should. Like, I think it's like, it's a good song and I, I enjoy it, but because people are out here thinking that it's like just the worst thing to have ever happen to hip hop and women and black women and music and society and the world and like the heavens and earth. Like, I'm like, this is, it's, it's amazing. Like, I just feel like that men have been out here talking about their dicks for decades. Years. Like years. Like I grew up on men talking about their dicks and how long and strong it is and how they can go for this long and how they can make women scream. And it was never a thing. And I've, I've heard men call women freaks and hoes and this and that and all of that for years. That's what the fuck I grew up on. And it's like now there's women that are like, actually. <laughs> this is what I want. Like it's all about my shit anyways. Like but right. again, like I for me, this is not anything radical or new. So it's like I, I just think it's like so like widely available because like Trina and little Kim were still subjugated to, you know, whether MTV or BET were gonna play their video, whether the radio were gonna whether the radio was gonna play their song, and then you true. had to go out and buy their CD. I literally got a notification on my phone from Apple Music, like Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, WAP. I'm like, what's happening, Apple That's Music? True. Like, you know, it is more right. It's just red. Like, there's you can't control this shit anymore. You know, like it was. And I feel like, again, like women in hip hop in the past few, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Like, we've had some major, major, major heavy hitters that have really been like, like Trina. There's people out there that still don't know Trina. You know what I mean? Little Kim, yes, she's a household name. You know, even my mom, because I said something about like Megan and Cardi B and granted my mom is 70 years old but I said right. something about the song and I was like have you heard of Megan Thee Stallion she was like no I was like well you know Lil Kim and she was like oh yeah I was like well she's like this generation's Lil Kim and you know I don't right. think she knows Trina she probably knows Cardi B you know but it was like it, it's just like now I just think that people are so upset because it's like they're they don't they're, they're not at the mercy of record labels anymore you know yeah. as my, you know even what's the girl's name um what's the other one Nicki Minaj like Nicki Minaj did her thing you know and then it was like it just rolled into Cardi B now it's just rolled into Megan Thee Stallion and it's like back in the day it was like Little Kim Foxy Brown no. kind of had her moment like Trina yeah. never was like a household name for real for real like she, so. she wasn't. I think it's like boiled down to hip hop culture. And there's a lot of people that have been, that are like hip hop heads that are like, I never heard anything so scandalous. It's like, okay, then where were you? Like if, like if you don't know who Trina is and you consider yourself like a connoisseur of hip hop music, that you're not actually really about that life, period. If you know who Trick Daddy is, you inherently know who Trina is. So like, right. if you know who Jay-Z and Biggie are, you know who Lil' Kim is. So like, you're not 
going to fool me and trick me into believing that you haven't known that these, that women are out here being explicit about sex and the sex that they want in particular. And they have been on songs talking about the sex that men want and, and you know, catering their sexuality to men. But their music is has always been about the type of sex that they want. So it's, but it's you know really what? Like, you just said something that really kind of struck me was that, like, Little Kim was attached to Biggie. Trina mm -hmm. was attached was attached to Trick Daddy. Right. Megan ain't attached to nobody. Well, I disagree. I think Megan is a product of other badass women. Whereas, but I mean, she's not attached to any men, though. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. Um, yes. As far as I know, like I just know, like Megan as Megan. You know what I mean? So, and I right. think that might be the issue that some people have because at the end of the day, like you know. Women hate women also, right. you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 because women feel the same way. Well, there's a lot of women looking at this song through the through the gaze of, of patriarchy, through the gaze of hating other women. So I think that might be a big thing. It's like, it's not that they came out and they were, you know, saying all these things being featured on another man's song. Like they said all of this on their own song with a video that had no men in it. <laughs> Not a single one. Not a I single man. It. There's a lot of times that I'm just in my own place and I'm listening to whatever song and I'm feeling sexy and I'm popping it and I'm doing all these things for no one but me. Or I'm hanging out with my girlfriends and it's just us and we popping, we twerking, we dropping low for no one but us. And it's like, we do this shit. It's not all about the men. And I think that's the hard thing is that, you know, men and women feel that like women don't enjoy sex unless it's with a man or don't enjoy being sexy unless it's for the male gaze. But some like the other day I went to work and I had like one of my coworkers who was a woman and she was like, you look so cute today. Like those jeans make your butt look amazing. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so, so much. I'm like, thank you. Like, like that compliment from another woman was like, thank you. Like I thought my ass looked good in these jeans, but like hearing it from you and another woman that's not trying to have sex with me means so much more to me than all the men that was looking at my ass at the gas station this morning. Like, yeah. I don't even care about them. And people just have a problem with that. Well, see, I don't know. It's just, I guess people have a problem with it, but like, I don't know. My life must be so crazy because I have had conversations with many women about sex my entire adult life so like and even before then like i can't even remember a time i haven't had just like conversations with my girlfriends about like sex that they like and like just how they have sex or whatever like i can't remember a time in my life that that was not something that i spoke about so like it really weirds me out that people don't even realize that women are out here having these types of conversations i think it's a generational thing i think it's truly generational because even for me, because I'm Gen X and I'm a I'm a young Gen X, like you know, I'm I'm just maybe four or five years from a millennial, and I have a lot of older women friends, and like even our conversations about sex are different than I have because I have a lot of friends that are millennials, 
And so, you know, my com and my best friend is a man. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like my conversations with him versus my conversations with millennials versus my conversations with a, another woman that is, you know, maybe in her late forties, early fifties are completely different. Like I have women in their late, like female friends in their late forties, early fifties that like don't watch porn and don't have a vibrator and don't want to talk about it. If they have it or if they do it, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I'm sure they fucking do. Like, I mean, right. but you know, if I say something like, you know, oh, I'm about to go to, I'm about to watch some porn and go to bed, they're like, oh, you about to do what? Oh, no, honey. And I'm like, okay, well, good night. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, you wow. know, I said, I said Pornhub to a really good friend and she was like, wait, what's Pornhub? And I'm like, okay, even if you don't watch Pornhub, you know what the fuck Pornhub is. But I literally was like, <laughs> Pornhub is, it's a website for porn. It's really popular. And she was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it was just like, we're not even gonna, we're not gonna go, we're not going down this rabbit hole. You of you almost 50 years old and like what do you think Pornhub is right because I, I I don't even know what we were talking about I was like oh yeah blah 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 like Pornhub blah 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 and she was like what's Pornhub so I'm like oh, okay I mean sure sure like it ain't even worth a conversation <laughs> yeah, like, what you, like, what? okay yeah so you know I think that when you talk about hip-hop Hip-hop is, is 50, you know what I mean? Like, hip-hop is grown-ass individuals. Hip-hop heads that grew up on that shit are grown-ass people that, you know, that that something like that, that did listen to Lil' Kim and Trina and were appalled by it. You know, like, they truly did, they truly were. And because there weren't platforms to express how appalled they were by it. It was just like, okay, whatever. You know, you may have had a Source magazine or a Double XL magazine, but it, it, there was no Facebook during Lil' Kim's, you know, rise to fame. Um, and now there's all these different platforms that everyone has a fucking opinion on and everyone thinks their opinion is so important and people really care about it. Um, and with all of that, like, I think it's really bringing out like the, the, the truth of, of how people really think about women. Like they really don't want women, you know, I think if you're 40 something and over, you you have a problem with it. And I've, I have those friends on Facebook that are like, this song is trash, this song is nasty. And these women, these are men and women that are 40, 41, 42 years old, you know, just, born just... in the late seventies. And they're just like, this is, awful and I'm like but what's you so nasty I mean I don't I just can't get what's so nasty about it if if these are people that are hetero, like okay if they are if they interact with vaginas at all I don't understand what's nasty about it so but like see, that's the thing some people think vaginas are nasty like some people I, think yeah. like you shouldn't talk about like again I had a woman I worked with and she is late 40s again and like she literally was like I'm, I'm about to be on my, my, I think she said, what, oh, she called her, her whoop whoop. She called her period, her whoop whoop. And I was what? like, sweetheart. <laughs> like, she was like, ooh, I'm on my whoop whoop. And like pointed to like her crotchal region. I'm what? like, 
Gen Xers, so I know what a lot of these Gen Xers feel are it's very antiquated, and they look at me and they're like, "This bitch is out of control." And then I talk to millennials, and they're like, "Oh, she's good. Like, there's nothing wrong with her." It's like, so I like I walk this line constantly of people saying "whoop whoop" for their period. And, <laughs> and me being like, what is going on? <laughs> and I was never raised with this like thing of like being ashamed of being a woman or your period or, you know, I mean, my mom, she wasn't like a super like outwardly sexual person or anything like that, but she never shamed me for anything. Like I was just never shamed for it. And it was very much... If anything, I was like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, I don't want, I, can we, I am 11 and I just started my period and I don't want you to tell me how I can get pregnant. Like, can we stop this conversation right now, please? (laughs) You know, but I would, and I think back, I'm like, I'd rather have that conversation with her than like her being like, don't you have sex, you dirty whore. You know what I mean? Like, what's the flip side of it? So. But I know there's a lot of women my, my age that had, you know, that's what their mom was telling them. Like, you know, only whores have sex, only whores. You know, my mom was just like scientific about it. Like, you know, well, now you've started your period. So now you know that if you were to have sex with a man and I'm like, la, 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 la. Okay, I've taken sex said we, we could stop now. Shut, shut up, please. It's just very strange. And I think that's just when it comes, especially black women and sexuality, because you know, we work for Mac. And right. think about it. When black mothers will come to the Mac counter with their 11 year old, 12 year old daughter and their daughter want a lipstick, they're just like, she don't need nothing with color. She right. don't know. She don't, you know, but the white women. What was it? Is it baby? Exactly. You know, but white women would come with their 12-year-old daughters and be like, she needs some makeup. She needs just a light foundation, eyeliner, natural mascara, a little bit of blush, and some lipstick. And I'm like, okay, sure. Your 12-year-old daughter needs that. And they're like, yeah, she just needs to be put together. You know, she doesn't need to walk out looking, you know, just, just like there's nothing on her face. But that same black mama's like, Mm-mm. No. you got something clear, right? Clear. Yeah, you we don't clear need makeup. If you have clear makeup, we can do that. But <laughs> that's about it. Exactly. So I think it's that whole like, and then once you throw in the black church, it's that's a whole <laughs> other whoo, child. But I do have a question about uh, your thoughts on the video and Kylie Jenner's involvement in it. Uh, but we need to take a break. We We're going to take, take a, a break, break and we will get right back to you guys. Kylie Jenner's involvement in the WAP video and the scandal that she has been involved in recently. Have you heard about that? I have. I, um, first, oh God, I have so many opinions on everything. I just need 
I just I need a, a podcast just connected to my thoughts, basically. <laughs> that just airs twenty four hours a day and people can tune in when they choose to. Um Oh, yes. I wish people were as passionate about her being taken out of that video as they were about other things in this world, like voting and mm-hmm. getting the cops that killed Breonna Taylor um, arrested. Like, people were so fucking passionate about it. There was a petition, apparently. There's so many other things that we can do with our energy. I hate the Kardashian slash Jenner clan for <laughs> their continued profit upon the cultural appropriation of black women um, and their need to birth black babies and apparently not raise them as black. I mean, she didn't serve a purpose in the video, but she's not the only person in the video to not serve a purpose. <laughs> so I don't really understand the passion behind it. I don't, it was confusing to me. I mean, she looked good with all of her enhancements. I would say that she, she, you know, she, she, she looks good. So I'm, I think she's got the best plastic surgery body that I've ever seen. If I'm being, it's, it's phenomenal. And now, and this was Kylie, and Kylie is, who's the one that's the model? Because I get them mixed up. The model is Kendall. Okay, 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 okay. So Kylie, okay. She's the one that, like, really, like, had, like, no lips and was, like, just plain white girl, and then now she's not. Yeah, bro, um, she, was, she doesn't look like, she does not look like she belongs to the planet Earth anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, basic white girl before. Yeah, so, I mean, she looked good. She didn't serve much of a purpose. Um, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. What's your opinion? Cardi B said that she just wanted to include bad bitches of all types. So if I see a white girl in there that's a bad bitch, I should have definitely seen a fat black woman or a differently abled person in that video. So like, if if that was allegedly her involvement in the video, was just like representation, I guess. So like, oh. if, if we're gonna do, if we're gonna add this white woman for representation, then we need to really like add representation, I think. Cause I didn't see a whole lot of fat people in that video and I would have preferred to see fat people over a Kylie Jenner. Especially a Kylie Jenner that is out here posting the caption reading brown skin girl. Uh, what? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I thought you, when I asked about the scandal. So yeah, uh, yesterday, y- you listener are familiar with Beyonce's brown skin girl, like duh. Um, she, Kylie Jenner posted a Instagram picture with the caption brown skin girl and then deleted that and turned it to brown eyed girl after the, you know, Mm. backlash. Mm. (laughs) It's just, it, yeah, Kylie Jenner just is so not it for me if you are talking about representation of anyone. If you want representation of like problems, then that's the girl to go with. But I didn't know the whole brown skin, brown eye girl. I, I mean, but what else do we expect from <laughs> I must give them credit for their consistency. Like nothing they do surprises me. And I respect them for finding 
I respect him as business women. I 100% respect yes. these women for being business people, not yeah. just women, but business people. They are business people. Their for business sure. is thriving and- Local, for sure. Right, I, I, can't, I can't be mad at it. They found what works and they're exploiting it, which is, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> I mean- <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, the Kardashian thing is so beyond like conversation at this point. It's just like they've become like otherworldly in their pursuits. And I mean, maybe we could all learn something from them. I, I don't know. I think, you know, someone said something about like, billion how like all billionaires are like sociopaths because they have to do like some shady ass shit to become billionaires and people that focus on becoming billionaires are like really fucked up individuals so you know like we might need to like translate that whole thing to just like really anyone that is able to truly truly really like just profit off of society and like these women have profited off of literally nothing like nothing <laughs> nothing tangible nothing good like nothing yeah and maybe they're all sociopaths and maybe we could i mean look at who is currently residing in the oval office this country obviously has a a, a, a love for just egotistical maniacal sociopaths and just add trump and the kardashians to the long list of people that have made it because they're just trash humans that value money and success over everything and have absolutely no morals right <sighs> that's it <laughs> We can shut down all podcasts in the world. I've, I've wrapped up society. I mean, That's yeah, it. you basically said everything <laughs> that needs to be said regarding the uh, Kardashians. Yeah, and I'm not mad because there's still people out there that that are watching and listening and buying and 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 liking and you know, it, it's like like you subscribe to someone that you hate, but they're getting paid to. What are the, uh, to be an influencer because of the numbers of subscribers that they have. Right, so, they're using their following as like currency. Like they, it, it's clear. Right, it's not about how many likes they get, it's about how many subscribers they have. So even if you're like, oh, I just subscribe because they're trash and I hate them, or I watch their show because they're trash and I hate them, well, they're still getting paid. So, you know, and every time they do something ridiculous and someone retweets it or shares it on Facebook or whatever, it is like they're still getting paid. Like, I don't know. This world is trash. This is why COVID-19 is just ripping this shit the fuck apart. And it's going to continue because we ain't learned shit. No, <laughs> no, this is America has learned nothing. We've learned nothing. And I, I, I still keep trying to think of this whole thing as like, okay, guys, this is our time to take a break. This is our time to take a pause. This is our time to really sit back and like take stock of who we are as people and what we've done good and what we need to improve upon and blah, 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 blah. But like, 
I have been ghosted twice during a fucking pandemic. Oh my god. Wait, let's talk about that. <laughs> yes, well, I told you about the guy who lived in Denver. He right. ghosted me. Right. So I got yes, ghosted yes, again so- by someone else. And this is the person that I had gone out with maybe a week or two before like the shutdown. So we went out like maybe the first week of March. Um, we went out, had a good time, but I ultimately ultimately decided after maybe five or six days of like texting and phone calls that this was not a person that I really wanted to pursue a relationship a relationship with. And I believe that, you know, my goal is a relationship, my goal is marriage, and anything that is not gonna lead to that, like I just need to eliminate. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe that's the wrong thing to do. But I mean, do we do any of us know any fucking thing? No. So, all right. So I was just like, that's my thing right now. I'm like, if you don't have the same goal as me, or if I don't see you in that place of a relationship and impossible marriage, then we don't need to do that. So I let him know, like straight out, honestly, I was like, you know what? I don't think we're a match. Um, and like, honestly, just what I'm focused on, I don't think we really even need to like be friends or communicate any further, you know, no hard feelings, nothing major, but that's just how I feel. Right. Now that was maybe first, second week of March. Cause I know I went into quarantine on March like 17th. Um, and throughout quarantine, blah, 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 blah. He would message here and there, you know, we just chit chat, nothing major, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and then I guess a month ago, maybe less than that, he messaged me again. Um, and then he called me just out of the fucking blue one night when I had insomnia and I picked up, it was like 11 something and we chit chatted and he asked me like, why did I feel that, you know, we weren't matched before I told him, um, he was kind of like, all right, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, do you think we could ever go out again? And I'm like, are you asking me out on a date? Cause one of my things that I decided that I didn't want to see him again was because he never actually asked me out on the date. Like I actually mm-hmm. had to be like, Cause he was like, oh, I'm like in your area, like what you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? What, what is I'm doing? Yeah. Right. I was like, are you asking me on a date? And he was like, why do I have to like ask you, ask you? I'm saying like, you want to like meet up? And I'm like, you can ask me out on a date. And he was like, I was like, you know what? Fine. If you can't ask me on a date, I'll ask you on the date. And I was like, hey, so-and-so, what are you doing tonight? I'd love to meet you for drinks and dinner. Are you free? I was like, that's how you ask someone out on a date. So anyway, we ended up going out, you know, because literally I was bored. Um, so, you know, I was like, are you asking me on a date? And he was like, yes, like I'm asking you out on a date or whatever, whatever. So that was like a Thursday. And I was like, all right, you know, we'll go out, you know, Saturday. That's what we agreed upon. And we were like, okay. Friday rolls around. I don't hear anything. Saturday morning rolls around. I don't hear anything. And, you know, I'm a planner. So I like to know exactly what's going on, what's happening, what are we doing, what time are we doing, and how are we doing it? What, you know what I mean? Because if I'm going on a date, what am I going to wear? What, how, like, I need, I just, I need to know everything. Right. So by the time like 11 o'clock Saturday morning hit, I like text him and I was like, so, you know, are, you know, where are we going? What time? An hour rolled past and I was like, okay obviously we're not going anywhere so I went on about my day I went grocery shopping and I cooked dinner and you know I had my regular just good Saturday night by myself days went past I did call him and he went straight to voicemail I texted him it was showing us like 
sense as a text message because he has an iPhone. So I was like, okay, either he blocked me um, or I don't know. My whole thing was he blocked me. So I think when Wednesday rolled around, I just randomly called him during the day and he, no, I texted him and I was like, oh, no, I called, sorry. I called and it, it rang and then his voicemail. And I was like, well, I'm not going to leave a voicemail. Like, um, I texted him again. I was like, well, I just hope you're okay. You know, hope you're good. Hope you're okay. And good luck to you. No hard feelings. Next day I called again and he picked up. And I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and so I guess it wasn't ghosted. But at this point, it was like it had been almost a week. So he literally was just like, uh, I'm good. You know, I was, I've was i been going through some stuff, but I'm good. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, all right then. And he's just like, well, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's all you got to say, that's all you got to say. Like, that's it. You know, like, I, I guess that's it. And he was like, right. And he was like, well, I mean, you know, you sent your message that said, you know, no hard feelings. So, you know, I guess there's not much else to say. And I was like, okay, well, if you're good with where things are and you're good with the amount of information that you've given me on what has happened and you're good with like me feeling like you like ghosted me, that you're playing games, that you're on some straight bullshit. Like if you're okay with that, then I guess there is nothing else to say. That's and he was outlandish. like and he was just like, well, I don't know what else there is to say. He was like, there's nothing I can say because what's done is done and it doesn't change what happened. I was like, but I don't know what happened. So well, like, yeah, you could start off by like apologizing and then explaining what went on, that you had to be a coward about this. Right. And that was my whole thing. I was like, look, like, again, if you're fine with me having all these thoughts in my head about you being trash and you playing games and like you literally you pretty much like begging to you know take me out again and to have a second chance and then you pretty much ghosted me like if you're okay with that then I guess there isn't anything to say and we'll just go our separate ways and he was like but there's nothing I can say that would change anything I was like you know what could change it? I was like, a fucking apology. Like, a fucking apology could change a lot of shit. And he was like, well, I'm sorry. I was like, but no, like, I had to drag an apology out of you. Like, you haven't taken any accountability. He's like, well, I'm just going through a lot of stuff. I was like, and that's fine. I was like, but as soon as you saw my number on this phone and you decided to pick it up, the first thing out of your mouth should have been like, I'm really sorry. I got a lot of right. shit going on. I don't want to go into it right now, but I just have some shit going on and I'm very sorry for what I did. There's no excuse and I'm sorry. I was like, that's all you could, that's all you had to say and that would have taken this conversation a whole other direction. I was like, but sure. here we are. You're not taking accountability for what you you did. You're you didn't have to say you didn't say you were sorry until I dragged that shit out of you. And I was like, and this is like the second time we've been through this shit. I was like, when I said I would go out with you again, literally everything in my soul told me to say no. I was like, I went against all of my ancestors telling me, Shayna, no, don't give this nigga a second chance. <laughs> don't don't do give it. this trash ass nigga a second chance. But I went against all that shit and I gave your ass a second chance. And now here the fuck I am, like dealing with this bullshit. And then do you know what he has the nerve to say? To you? Do you know what he has the nerve to say to me? He was like, well, what did it cost you? 
That's what he said to me. He was like, I know, I know I stood you up, but what did it cost you? And I was like, do you really want to know what it cost me? I was like, what it cost me was, I was like, let's see. You cost me four sleepless nights because I wasn't sure if you were dead or alive. I was like, that shit triggered the fuck out of my anxiety. So in addition to not sleeping and honestly just being uneasy for four days, not knowing whether to be pissed off at you or to mourn your death, <laughs> I had I literally I was like I like had to self-soothe and to make myself feel better by mm-hmm. going out and shopping. So I spent $350 at Banana Republic. That's what the fuck you cost me. It, like and but, I was like, y'all need to know that the bullshit that y'all do, y'all don't think it's big, but that shit is real. Like when you ghost someone, when you don't call someone back, when you play games, when you're just on some bullshit, you don't think it affects other people, but that shit fucking affects other people. Like I have had four sleepless nights literally thinking, should I be pissed off or should I be sad? But, like Honestly, that what did it cost you shit, that like is enough to like, that's really triggering to me because that shows that he has zero empathy for like what he caused you. And like, that's like really fucked up. Like, yeah. And that's what I said. I was like, it does, I was like, it shouldn't matter whether it cost me anything or not. There comes down to being a good person and to being a shitty person. You, sir, are a shitty ass fucking person human because it shouldn't matter whether it cost me anything or not your behavior was not okay this shit was not okay and I was like here I am I'm a good ass fucking woman and I'm dealing with y'all trash ass niggas over and over and over again and you're gonna ask me a question like what did it cost me and then do you know what he had the nerve to fucking say to me after that what he then was like I don't know that you a good woman okay yeah I I I, like, I actually can't. Like, and that, I was just like, <laughs> I literally said, you're lucky I'm at work right now. That's that what I said. I was like, mad. you're lucky I'm at work. Because I really <laughs> tell you how I feel if I wasn't at work. Yeah, I would I I I really wanna throw my phone right now and just like this is the shit I deal with. This that, is, and, and people look at me and be like, oh, you're single because you're too picky or you're single because you're bougie or you're single because your expectations are too high. I'm sorry. Is the expectation of being treated like a fucking human being, is that too high? Like, also, I'm, I'm very... T- people have been saying that my expectations are too high for a very long time. And first of all, my expectations are high for myself. And if you cannot meet me at where I expect myself to be, then you definitely are not good a good match for me. And if I have high expectations, what of it? I am excellent and I fucking deserve excellence. It really bothers me when someone says some shit like, you have too high of expectations. You, you, um, you're too picky. Like, <laughs> This is the rest of my life. The rest of my days on this planet, on this planet, I have to spend with another person, and you expect me to make concessions for what? For so I can be miserable like you? No, thank you. No, no. And like my whole thing is like people just assume that I'm too picky or that my expectations are too high, and I would honestly be okay with that if 
there weren't if I haven't dealt with a bunch of trash ass human beings like if I haven't dealt with bullshit like that over and over and over again like if I literally was like I'm not gonna date this person because they don't make x amount of money or drive this type of car or live in this amount of house or have this type of education like I'm not that person I'm literally just like I want someone that's nice to me like, I want someone that's kind and someone that's honest and someone that has dealt with their emotional baggage from the past. Like, that is all I truly want. And you all look at me and say, no, 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 no. It's your fault. You're single. But then I deal with trash like that on a regular basis. And his ass gets to walk around in society and nobody looks at him like, oh, you're single because you're trash. Like men, especially black men, get to walk around in society like no woman's good enough for them or they're so great that, you know, that that no woman can meet their, and, and it's okay. But as soon as a woman is single, all of a sudden this woman has a long list of problems and reasons why, why they're single. But maybe we're single because we give a chance to every fucking human being with a dick that shows us interest and then they still shit on us. I'm yeah, like, you're, I'm, you're definitely you know better I mean? than me. Like, I have given chances to men that I'm like, well, I mean, you know, he got five kids. No, I haven't done five kids. But, <laughs> you know, like, oh I've God. literally been like, you know, well, I'm sure he's a nice, like, my whole thing is like, I'm sure he's a nice person. And that's the most important thing for me. The most important thing for me is I really, really, truly, truly want to meet a nice person. Like, I don't care about how they look. I don't care about what they do or anything like that. Yes, you do need to be take, you do need to be able to take care of yourself financially, of course. But outside of that, I'm like, just be a nice person. And there's men that are like, they're just not nice people. I'm like, y'all aren't nice people. And then I'm the one that's looked at as like, well, you're too picky. But I just want someone that's nice. How is that too picky? Like, I don't understand it. Everything is, it's, again, COVID-19 will not go away until people stop ghosting people. I don't understand people that leave the house when they don't have like an absolute reason to, but like, and, and do oh. social things. Yeah. So. You know what? I have this yesterday when I was at work, I had a teacher come in uh-huh. and she was like, you know, my school district is doing like the first, however many, however many weeks from home, like virtual, but like the teachers have to go in to school like Mm. you know and do like the virtual teaching or whatever and i was like well you know that's probably gonna be you know a good thing she gets to collaborate and blah 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 blah. she's like yeah but i just don't feel it's safe and i i just feel like a guinea pig and i'm literally looking at this woman in a woman's clothing store (laughs) and i'm like your job is essential (laughs) My job is not. And it's crazy <laughs> to me how people are able to disconnect and be like, I feel like a guinea pig because I have to go and teach. And she's like, well, there's going to be like 200 of us in this school. And I'm like, this is a high school. Your high school probably is a- capable of holding 
I don't know, a thousand, two thousand people, and there's two hundred, and you're freaked the fuck out. Like, I'm selling you clothing, woman. Like, you don't give a fuck about me right now. Like, I was so angry with her because it just, it just, oh, I don't know. And I'm reading this book, and this book has just made me look at like America and racism in so just a different way. And it's just incredibly frustrating that I feel like I'm gonna burn this bitch the fuck down. It's just crazy to me that just people can just like disconnect in a way that they're just like, yeah, I feel like a guinea pig. I don't feel safe going to a school that is probably 5% occupied with other professionals. But you can come into a re like I come in contact with hundreds and hundreds of people in a week to sell you all shit you don't fucking need. Yeah. For, for me, it's like in a city like this, it doesn't make sense to do anything that we used to do. Like going out and going to a restaurant does not make sense to me, you know, and it won't make sense to me, period. So like it's so irresponsible to me. I understand that certain people thrive off of that. You know, they need to be social or whatever. But like, I realize now that I'm more social than I give myself credit for. But like, I'm not going to do that until it's safe. I don't have a reason to be outside, you know? Like, I don't have to go to work right now. So like- Right. And that's do- my whole thing with all of this, that it's just like, like people here, love going to the fucking beach. Like they go to the beach, like it's like every Friday, the the road, the highway going down to the beach is back the fuck up because everyone's going to the beach. And it's like, it's not necessary. I just feel like, like I look at it as like I, for the most part, besides like when I went and like had lunch with my mom last week and like, the few times that I've gone to stores to shop. And when I've gone to those stores to shop, I'm literally like, I'm just out here supporting stores because I manage a store and I know how important it is to support stores right now. So I'm gonna just pick up a couple things and I'm gonna get the fuck out. You know, like outside of that, I have done nothing and I've gone nowhere. Like I have made the fucking sacrifice to sit at home for weeks and weeks and weeks and do nothing for the greater good. And there's all these people out there that refuse to do anything for the greater good. And it's like, this just not fucking fair. Like I took my car in to be serviced a couple weeks ago and I had to get a new battery in my car that is two years old because my car sat for weeks and weeks at a time that they were literally like, yeah, we're seeing this a lot because a lot of people weren't doing a lot of driving. And I'm like, yeah, there was a point that like my car sat for three and a half weeks. Like I counted that shit and they were like, yeah, that's happened a lot. So I had to get a new battery because I sacrificed for the greater fucking good and stayed the fuck home by myself. And y'all with families and dogs and kids and, and fucking pool. Like, if you got a pool, I'm gonna need you not to go to the fucking beach. Please, oh and thank you. Like, y'all, like, it's just it crazy so that we're doing. And it's like, this makes no sense to me. I sat at home in my small ass apartment for weeks for this shit, for nothing, weeks. for nothing. 
like we're still in this and it's just going and going and going and it's going away. like we're gonna be fucking wearing masks and doing this shit for like two years it's gonna be forever because people can't do anything right it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy i can't even do it anymore i'm just like this is i just have like a pack of like 15 masks of all different colors and i'm now coordinating them with my goddamn outfits yeah i mean that's we have to find joy where we can fucking find it (laughs) (laughs) so now when it comes to like oh yes uh it's gotten to the point where we are um coordinating masks and finding great joy out of fucking doing things like that because that's that's it that's all we've got you know yeah, like literally, he's like, oh my God, I love your mask. It matches your outfit perfectly. I'm like, thank you so much. Like, no, you need to be at home. It's so annoying. And I don't even know what we're going to do. I just feel like it's just going to be even worse. Like, what's going to happen? Like, schools, like, my niece isn't going back to college this this first semester. Like, this is crazy. Is she, she, is she doing online courses? Yeah, she's doing online. Yeah, like initially, like Howard was gonna do like, I think like 30% occupancy. So they were gonna do like freshmen, graduating seniors that didn't have anywhere else to live. And then um, special students. And because my niece is part of the STEM program, like scholarship thing, she was gonna do that. And then like, like 10 days ago, they were like, actually, no, everyone is doing like online. And it's just like it's 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 just fucking stupid. I mean, I'm glad they're doing it for the safety of the students, but it didn't have to be this way. We could have wiped this shit out if we had just all stayed the fuck home for two weeks, three weeks. Right. And now it's like damn near impossible to do that because like things, the world is just like whatever, like <laughs> whatever, no pandemic going on, and like you have to go outside if you want to like break the world, but like. It's it's just really fucked up because there's no need for if you don't need to be then, then you shouldn't be I think but again I agree I, I agree I'd be for for thinking that <laughs> I agree it's all crazy it's all absolutely crazy um what are you uh reading listening to watching all that anything fun I'm reading Another Country by James Baldwin I am really tired of reading it and i cannot wait for it to be over baldwin is legendary he's wonderful whatever but like it is not a fun happy read especially when it's talking about a place that i currently live that is not anything like the place that it was in february and before so um it's kind of sad to read it but other than that, I've been looking at apartment.com and Zillow because I am moving as soon as possible. That's exciting. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking uh, Austin or Denver. Uh, wow. Yes. I don't know why I, I keep looking at Austin. I elect Denver. I elect Denver too, but it's significantly more expensive than Austin. Um, I just need to be somewhere where I can um, have a washer and dryer in my home mm. and, uh, you know, have a one bedroom and live alone again. I haven't lived alone since uh, 
right after we we work together and it's time. <laughs> I can see that. It's time. I can see that. So um, I'm reading um Cast the um Origins of Our Discontent by Isabella Wilkerson. Also okay. a Howard University graduate. Work. And it is oh, it basically compares American, instead of America being like a racist society, it talks about it as like a caste society, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with, like um, India and their caste society. It talks about the Nazis and, you know, their implement- implementation of a caste society. And if you don't know what a caste society is, basically it's a hierarchy of social status. And yeah. there are many ways that they partition parts of the society so that there's no intermingling and there's no upward mobility. Yeah, so you know, like India has like their like official caste system that of course is now illegal, but still exists. And the Nazis with the, uh, with Jewish people, they had a caste system. And then America, we call it, you know, racism, but it's actually casteism. Not to, not to be confused with classism. And it is absolutely fascinating. It is absolutely mind-boggling. It is absolutely infuriating. Um, a lot of the things, because as much as I thought I knew about racism in America, which I've read and studied, you know, formally and informally since I was, like, probably 12 years old in some way, um, all the way through, you know, college and now. And it's it's just one of the things that stood out to me the most was about how the Nazis decided who would be classified as Jewish. And they, first of all, the Nazis pulled a lot from America. Okay, like that, like that was just like, yo, for real? And how she breaks it down. It was like, well, the Nazis looked at this and the Nazis looked at that. And the Nazis had like, you know, they had like a 10 hour closed door session. Um, and they really looked at America and how Americans treated African-Americans um, and how they were to then treat Jew- Jewish people. And when they were talking about how would you classify someone as being Jewish based off of how much, how Jewish they were, how much Jewish blood they had, they looked at how Americans classified what made a black person a black person. And okay. in, in America, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but in America, there's the one drop rule. So if you have one drop of black blood, you are considered black in America, period. It don't matter who your mama is, who your daddy is, how you look, one drop of black blood, technically you are a black person in America. So the Nazis literally were like, that's a bit much. Like the one drop rule is a bit much for us as Nazis. Like. America, like y'all wildin', like we not gonna do one drop. So we're gonna say one sixteenth makes you Jewish. And to just hear like someone say that the Nazis said that America's one drop rule was too harsh, just puts it all in perspective. <laughs> like it just puts so much in perspective of how, how far this country has gone to relegate black Americans to the lowest caste 
in this country. And I've had to take moments where I've had to stop listening to this. I'm actually, it's an audiobook. I'm not reading it. I'm cheating. But I've had to stop listening to this audiobook because it just infuriates me to no end to, to realize this, this country has gone so, 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 so very far into just keeping us at the bottom. And that people that come to this country as immigrants and the laws and the, the customs and everything that it is not about racism, it is about caste. And um, I recommend everyone read it. It's actually Oprah's book club read book of the month and it is it's fascinating. Um, I will I'm gonna listen to it next week so that we can have a discussion about it. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, and other than that, I've been watching um, when I come home from work, I've been watching Clueless every day for the past three or four days. So I've watched it like three or four times. Does the um, sight of Dash make you want to scream? It doesn't, honestly. <laughs> like, it, it's Clueless is my favorite movie. It is hands down my favorite movie. I absolutely love it. I'm not saying it's the best movie. I'm saying it's my favorite movie. There, there are two that's a distinction that I need for people to make. Absolutely. Um, that is my favorite movie. It makes me feel good. It makes me laugh. I love the fashion. I just I just love the movie. There's some things that are a little, like, borderline problematic. Tiny, tiny bit. I feel like the character of Murray, um, which is Dee's boyfriend, is a, a little bit of an exaggerated version of a Black person. But it's Beverly Hills. <laughs> it's the 90s. I mean, it's all exaggerated to some extent. Um, but it just makes me feel good and I, I'm proud that I can still quote so much of the movie after all these years. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much my life in a nutshell. Reading about the caste system in America and watching Clueless pretty much Art. sums up my last two weeks, I guess. Yeah, I'm just watching The Legend of Korra because I am a child. What's The Legend of Korra? It's a continuation of the Avatar, the last airbender show on um, Nickelodeon. If you can stand animated shows, it's an amazing one. Um, it is. I watched it on Netflix. Yeah, it, Korra is a more adult version of that, basically. So she's the next Avatar after Aang. Um, and they took it off the air because there was a lesbian kiss, uh, because she is bisexual. <laughs> So far, it's great. Before quarantine, I hadn't watched all of The Last Airbender. I watched it, you know, bits and pieces. I knew what was going on, but I didn't, you know, watch the whole thing. And um, I watched the whole thing, and it's a phenomenal show, and The Legend of Korra is no different. That's been really exciting. Oh, I did watch a season 10 of Shameless. I actually need to get caught up on Shameless. I haven't watched it in years. Last time I watched it, Ian had just gone to jail. Um, mm. So, and now, like, Ian's my, like, love of my life. If you ever want to... He is, like, the hottest ginger gay in the world. <laughs> like, like, he's... Oh, my God, I love him. Ian, the Ian-Mickey dynamic, I don't know what it is now, but it was the most horribly toxic thing that I lusted for yes. for so Absolutely. long. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it. Like, this season that I watched, like, the whole time, because, again, still toxic, still just just wrong in so many ways, but I just, I absolutely love it. I think Ian's super hot. 
Nikki so is like trashy, but like appealing. There's in a, something endearing about him. Yeah, I just, I think they're the best part of the show. Like, I'm like, this is the best part of the show. And yeah, so season 10 had some low points. It wasn't my favorite season. I thought it was the last season, but apparently it's not. Why are they still going? I heard that the girl is no longer in it. Like, nobody's in it anymore. Well, Fiona's not in it because she moved to, like, somewhere at the at the end of season, what I guess, nine, which is the season that Ian went to prison. So she's not in it at all. But, like, everyone else is. Like, um, Dee and all that and all the kids and Frank and all of that. So they're all in it. But it was it was a lot... But I do feel like they're taking that, like, I feel like any show that's on that long always has a bit of, like, a social cause to it. So I felt like season 10 was, like, kind of, like, heavy on, like, let's be, like, really, like, conscious of what's going on in society and the world. And let's try to make a statement while still being a, like, hot-ass mess, like... Chicago family, like white trash family. So See, they kind of lose a lot of um, points from me because, like, if this is supposed to be the South Side of Chicago, where are the black people? It's very true. Like, so, like, I know that, like, there's that one black woman that's married to that white man, and, like, that's fine. Um, but they go to many places in South Side of Chicago, and there are no black people anywhere. So that weirds me out a lot. It does. It does. Like <laughs> it. I know. I think. But I think it's. I don't. It's. It's odd. It's odd because yes, I feel like the South Side stereotypically is super super black. But I don't know because I feel like you can always find like a pocket of white trash in any inner city. And That's like true. they don't go that far, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty much relegated to like a couple of blocks within their neighborhood, which is a lot of what like inner city life is. Like you got your few blocks, and you don't really go like you know yeah. six or seven. You know, like six or seven blocks over could be like, that's another neighborhood, that's another hood that could get your ass shot. So we just gonna stay on this like. And it <laughs> seems like it was like this at one point maybe middle class white neighborhood that became like a trashy ass white neighborhood. So they just like stay there and they don't really go outside of it. And you know, white people are still racist as fuck. So even though it could be the hood, you know what I mean? Racist ass white people still don't fuck, poor racist white people still don't fuck with poor black people. Like at the end of the day, their whiteness is more important than anything. So I could still see them readily separating themselves and being like, this is our white trash neighborhood and y'all ghetto black people gotta stay over there because white people get to be trash and black people have to be ghetto in this country. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely a lack of, of, of black people in that. It was, it was worth watching. There were moments and Again, I feel like the family has been through so much in 10 fucking seasons. That, that you know, family they, goes, they, oh God, they've right, been. Right, like initially it was like, this shit is crazy. And now it's like, okay, like y'all just trying to find some crazy shit for people to go through. And they made it more of like, okay, let's make, because they talked about like immigration and of course still like, 
you know, LGBTQ. They did some union stuff, some mental health stuff. They got into like more black people things. So it was like they kind of touched on a lot of different important topics in which I feel I felt like it took second base to the craziness of this trash ass family. Like just Oh, they go through it. <laughs> They've been through it. Just, trash like y'all are like my god like i don't even i don't have it i'd be like you know what fuck it i don't even know what to do like i would be like frank like just just give me some drugs and some alcohol to numb all kinds of pain to just escape reality like i couldn't deal with it anymore like put me in prison send me to jail something like i'm not doing this shit i'm not i don't have it in me i'm done i'm not cut out for it like <laughs> i'm not cut out to be a gallagher i know that shit I oh, yeah. be a gallagher. i'm like fuck this shit no fuck it i can't it's too much <laughs> as a black woman i'm like i'm not cut out to be a gallagher no, y'all go too, too much yeah, it's way too much <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm like they worse than the goddamn Connors. I'm like I thought the Connors was bad. Be Roseanne and her family. Like goddamn, them some poor ass white people too. But shit, the Gallagher's. Woo. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Wow, Blue Lives Matter is trending again. But we 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 have to wrap this up. Um, but they're they're trending because of Goodyear and the male people. Those are the blue lives that they're talking about. So cheers to Twitter for doing something right for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, did you did you want to wrap this up with anything? Um, I ra- same thing as always. Um, register to vote, everyone. Um, do some research. Um, be pragmatic. I urge you. And please go out there and let your voice be heard because people fought and died for your right to vote. And if your vote didn't count, voter suppression would not exist. I feel like a fucking broken record, a goddamn robot. But if if your vote didn't matter, voter suppression wouldn't exist. And voter suppression exists because your vote matters. So um, that's all I have to say. I'll turn it over to you for the official shutdown of this episode. Okay, so this episode will be coming out on Monday, August 24th, which means that you will have 70 days to vote. Um, And voting is very important. Make sure you are well-informed. Make sure you have done the research on Joe and Kamala so that you are informed voter so that by the time they're in the White House, you can then come at them with all the critiques that you've been building. And trust me, I'm writing a list of things that I will be throwing at all of them Uh, after they win the White House. Talk to them about all the things that you're not putting on your public platforms because that's irresponsible to do. (laughs) So um, make sure you vote for them and make sure you wear your fucking mask. And as Shayna likes to say, make sure you drink water, exfoliate, and mind your fucking business. And to that, I'm going to take a sip. Yum, that water. And make sure you do the same. Drink your water. Stay in the house unless you have to. And keep being essential and doing your part by actually doing your part. 
Bye, guys. We love you. Talk to you next time. Bye. Yes. You're beautiful. Bye.